Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ball Caps and Bagpipes, a Scottish baseball podcast. I'm the Glasgow Comets, John McKayla. And I'm Jason Durr, a former Baseball Scotland president and Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. Jason, we uh, have a very special guest on the show today. Um, we recorded an interview with him uh, this past Wednesday. It's Mark Donaldson of ESPN and BT Sport, best known to baseball fans in the UK as one of the co-hosts of uh, MLB Caps Off on BT Sport. Uh, you know, I've actually traded messages with Mark Donaldson quite a few times there. He's a proud owner of a Baseball Scotland hat and hoodie. That's awesome, man. I was, I was really, really pleasantly surprised by how engaged he was. Um you know, he's kind of a big deal guy who, you know, he works for ESPN and all that, but he gave us uh, probably more of his time than he, than he was anticipating and did so without any complaints. He, he was very generous with some advice as well. Um, and from a guy with uh, that much experience, that was very much appreciated, I think, by both of us. You know what? Like, the fact he took the time out of the day to talk to us and give us advice was really appreciated. I took a lot of the stuff he's... Um, Gave advice he gave us and already applied it. So uh, I can't thank you enough, Mark, for the yeah, doing for sure. That. Now we're going to get to that uh, just shortly. Um, let's first off talk about the Kent tournament that was supposed to be uh, happening this past weekend. Um, this is uh, Monday now, after September weekend that we are speaking. Um, I don't know if the tournament itself happened down south, uh, but obviously the announcement came through the week that uh, Baseball Scotland was not going to be going down due to. Uh, the COVID-19 restrictions that were announced last week by the UK and Scottish governments. So it did go ahead. Uh, I believe the Northern Knights won. They went 4-0 through uh, the tournament. I did see something on that today. So uh, that's that's only the details I have about it. Okay, so yeah, it's, that makes it even more frustrating, I guess, doesn't it, that we weren't able to go down. Uh, I know that there were a lot of really talented players up in raring to go and ready to go down there and try and win that title for a second straight year. Um, all we can really say about that is uh, hopefully next year. <laughs> but it's just well, like you said, you know, we're, 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 we're they still someone has to beat us first, right? Let's just be confident and go. You know what? We uh, we gave him a chance to win it, and then we'll just take it back next year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just been one of those, just yet another victim among many of the uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic. Obviously, with the Scottish National League being uh, cancelled, um, it's just a write off twenty twenty. But um, we've uh, we've done everything that we could to put together as the best possible content that we could all the, along the way, and uh, this might be the last one of twenty twenty. Um, but if if it is, what a way to go out. Let's uh, let's go over to the interview with Mark Donaldson of ESPN and BT Sport now. Uh, so, Mark, you moved over to the States back in 2010. Uh, as a football commentator, you came up uh, through radio and through um, Hearts TV as well. At one point, you were the Hearts commentator there. Um, yeah. You went over initially to commentate on Serie A. How did you... How did it come to be that you got involved with uh, presenting baseball as well? Funnily enough, because BT Sport lost basketball rights, uh, the NBA, um, they needed to fill a lot of airtime, understandably so, with the, the basketball playing a lot of games and the baseball playing a lot of games. And somewhat fortuitously, simultaneously, the rights were up for grabs for, for Major League Baseball. So they made a play for them. Um, but it had to come with, with, with kind of um, additional original programming. That's what they wanted. Um, 
a lot of bas- basketball fans, of course, in, in the UK. Um, but the, the baseball scene is, is thriving, but it's smaller. So they, yeah. they wanted to do a, a kind of a weekly show um, with an expert, who, a so-called expert, who, who was the American, and a non-American who wasn't the expert but was passionate about the sport. So that's kind of how it, it, it came about. I don't profess to be an expert on anything, um, but I do have a passion for the game. And I think the key for me is knowing what I don't know. Because I do a lot of sports. And I know when I dip in to do tennis for the US Open recently, when I was down in New York, there's people who watch that 24-7, 365 days a year. There's people that do the same with baseball. I'm not dipping in and out. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm keeping tabs on everything that's going on. But I know what I don't know. And I don't try and BS people into fooling them into thinking I know more than I do. That's the people over here that, that, that know a lot about it. So um, I think I have a place there. Uh, I think I bring humor to it as well and some, some self-deprecation to it. But by no means am I professing to be an expert. I can, I can guarantee that you two have probably forgotten more about baseball than I know. <laughs> well, certainly that would be the case for Jason, my co-host here. He's almost something of a baseball historian. Uh, an amateur historian, but uh, a damn good one at that. Um, Mark, were you a fan of baseball before you went over to the States, or is this something that you adopted on your travels over there? Um, I first went to the States in, in 1988 with my family. I was lucky. Um, it wasn't an affluent family or anything like that, but we spent what we had on, on a summer holiday. Um, and when you come to the States in the summer, there's pretty much only the baseball that, that you can go to. I mean, I know the basketball's kind of on and, and the hockey, but baseball was the thing that, that got me in my first um, game that, that I remember going to um, was in the Astrodome. And funnily enough, when we did the World Series for Caps Off last year, um, I actually managed to, to go back to the Astrodome uh, when we were staying in, in Houston. And it's, it's, it's like it's in a, a time warp because it's, it's still got the, uh, the Continental Airlines signs inside the Astrodome um, because it, I think it's... The, the last time it kind of held something major was like 2009 or, or whatever, and it's tried a couple of things since then, but it's a shell of a place. So it was nice to go back and see and sit in the seat that I sat in, because I've still got the ticket um, from bizarrely what was a double header. It went 17 innings the first game, so I didn't pick that well. Um, but subsequently, since 1995, anytime we went to the States on vacation or on holiday, um, it was more the stadiums that, that I was intrigued in. I've done about 30 stadiums since 1995. Um, funnily enough, in, I think it was 1995 as well, when, because we did a tour of, of Texas, and Houston was one of the first places that we went to, and that's where I got my first game. I also went to a game in the ballpark in Arlington. It was only a year old in 95. And it's weird to think that a stadium that was built in 1994 has now been replaced because they've built another one, and that's going to be the home of the World Series this year. Um, well, the Braves have gone even uh, more bizarre than that. Uh, Turner Field only opened, was it in 2000, Jason? And mm-hmm. they've, they've already replaced that, haven't they? Yeah, it was for the Olympics. The, the Turner Field was for the Olympics? Yeah, that's where they, that's where they built that. That was the, specifically built for the Olympics. And so it could be kind of right. a multi-person stadium. But, you know, with it, the fact they could turn into the Braves' home field for a while. Right, I see. I, that, that I wasn't aware of, but yeah, like the the, the turnover of stadiums seems to be almost as uh, as mental as the turnover of players these days, doesn't it? Um, so, Mark, um, talk us talk to us about MLB Caps Off and how that program came to exist. Um, you said obviously that you had a passion for it and uh, you wanted to do the kind of 
almost the th what Channel 5 used to do over here with mm -hmm. the kind of American guy who knows his stuff and the sort of UK guy who's not so much a Luddite but more just a, a person with a passion for it who has a, a knack for translating the game for this audience. Um, did you guys look to Channel 5 in the way you used to do things when you were putting the show together or was that just a coincidental kind of thing? No, I used to watch it. I used to watch the, the overnight stuff that was under the moon with um, with Danny or, or the guys on Channel 5. I've been an NFL fan since the mid-80s when we were at, at school. I had to pick a team, so I've been a Dolphins fan. So this is the kind of man cave, and it's it's got baseball paraphernalia, and it's got Dolphins stuff as well. Um, when we did the World Series, um, we, we didn't get directly in touch with the guys, but we spoke to a couple of, of British baseball fans who watched that. And, and the reason we wore suits with uh, white shirts and black ties on day one was just a little nod to how um, they did the, the World Series coverage as well. We're not trying to copy. It's like anything. If people want to get into to the industry, whether it's media, whether it's sport or, or whatever, if, you, if they wanted advice, don't try and be someone that already exists. Take their best bits, take the best bits from someone else, but be yourself and have those things as well. Um, so it was just a little bit of a nod. Yes, I watched it. Yes, I was aware of it. And the good thing about my role in, in this, not as the expert, but as, as the plus one, if you like, is that I can teach the guys who I'm with, who might know a lot about baseball, but they don't really know that much about the history of baseball on TV in the UK. I can bring yeah. that to the table. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And uh, it's kind of, uh, I think this is just a dynamic that works for some reason with baseball over here. Like it's similar to Jason and myself. Uh, Jason's been doing uh, this his whole life. He's in his 40s, I'm in my early 30s um, and only adopted it in my teens. So it's, it's one of those kind of weird dynamics that just works, I guess. Mm. Uh, and I don't know if it's a UK thing or if it's just a baseball thing, but yeah. Um, do you have any, you, you mentioned that you've kind of adopted the Blue Jays. Uh, do you have any kind of favourite baseball memories from watching the game? I mean, the 17 inning first ever game was a kind of, what is this? It finished 2-1 as well. It wasn't 11-10. It was 2-1, 17 innings. So I'm surprised I'm sat here. Uh, not hating baseball, never mind anything else. Um, but there's just something about being over here. And, and, and I said right at the start, I mean, I know I've got a Blue Jays cap on and I've got some Blue Jays memorabilia because the first game in the exhibition stadium back in April 1977. But for me, going to Fenway for the first time many years ago, going to the, 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 the old and the new, I, I was fortunate enough, I think in 2009, um, StubHub was still a thing back then and I paid way over the odds for a ticket to the final game ever at Yankee Stadium um, against the Orioles and, and I'm, I'm so glad I did but I prefer the old Yankee Stadium to the new Yankee Stadium but I also prefer the old Shea Stadium to the new City Field which I still like and I prefer City Field to new Yankee Stadium so I love the whole compare and contrast with the old and, and the new um, and the, the, just the stadiums, because what I tried to do when I went solo on a, a kind of West Coast trip in 1999, um, from up north um, in Seattle, drove all the way down to, uh, to San Diego and went to all the ballparks um, when I was there. So that was pretty cool. And then last year, to be on Caps Off and to do Scottish Night at, um, at the Padres Stadium at Petco Park, then to drive up and do the Dodgers against the, uh, the Giants the next day, it's just, it's interesting because we have in football like Liverpool, Man United's a rivalry and they're like, why? Because they're not the same cities. 
yeah, well, the Cubs and the Cardinals is a rivalry in baseball, and people are like, they don't, they're not anywhere near each other. It's like a five-hour drive. The Dodgers and the Giants is a big rivalry as well. So that then gets you into the history of the game as well. And that's why, even though we only have, like, it's a 15-minute show caps off, which I'd love a 30-minute show. A lot of the, the viewers would love a 30-minute show. But we, we can't really expand on what we do. We do a This Week in Baseball, which on the show this week is Sammy Sosa against Mark McGuire, the home run battle as well. So it's a little nod to the past, to the kind of past that happened many, many years ago in the past. It's just happened in the, the past few years. So it's hard to satisfy everybody with this show when we've only got, in essence, 12 minutes with an ad break. Right, yeah. Um, what I've seen of the show, it's, it's very accessible. Uh, it's quite fun. Um, I think you guys do a great job of kind of taking that bite-sized portion of baseball and translating it for a UK audience. Uh, do you find that people have been in contact with you and say, have, have you heard from many people saying, you know, I wasn't so sure about baseball, but now it's on BT Sport and I've seen you guys. Uh, do you ever hear from people who have become fans through that? Yeah, and that, that's the key thing um, because I also do the Italian football over here and, and that hadn't been covered. That was behind a paywall or it was in a, some bizarre company had it and it was very hard to, to access. It's just basically giving, giving people back what they were used to or what they haven't seen before, but they're getting again, whether it's the Italian football now on ESPN, which we've got a game every week and all the other games on ESPN plus, or whether it's the baseball in the UK as well, because they had the NBA rights and there were times it was hard to find a, an MLB game on, on UK TV. And for those of us in our forties, um, like me, I, I grew up watching NFL, watching baseball and I sometimes watched NBA and not really NHL. So those are my two sports. So what we're trying to do in, in the 15 minutes, there's no point in having 14 topics in 15 minutes because it just gets too cluttered. So we pick three or four. The difficulty we have, boys, is that we film on a Tuesday morning and it goes out on BT first airing on a Thursday. We have to keep it generic. And that's the difficulty. So we've started to introduce they are ahead in that division at the time we are recording because it gets re replayed as well um, after the, the Thursday. The reason for the 15 minutes, by the way, is because it's basically shelf programming. It's not half an hour because they can put that 15 minutes in anywhere. Um, if something finishes late or something finishes early, they can throw it in and they know it's only 15 minutes. So while we would like longer, our contract this year, and it's, it's renewed every, I think we're on a three-year contract, but obviously at the end of each year it's discussed. We try for 30. And it just depends what, what BT want, because we are hosting it at ESPN for BT Sport. Um, BT Sport is the client. What they want, they get. I smell a petition, Jason, what do you say? <laughs> I think we need to get a petition together to get every uh, week caps off to 30 minutes. I think we, we know a few podcasters that would uh, help push that one along. Yes, I think we do. But um, they've just been, they've been so supportive, um, John, as well, and you know what social media is like is because you you guys have to use it for 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 what you do to to try and boost the podcast awareness and everything like that when you put yourself in a, a public domain um you you basically put yourself on a pedestal to be shot at by the for those of us of a certain vintage in the uk it was it was points of view that used to be on at 850 on bbc one i think it was a wednesday night it was just angry people that would write letters and complain that's now social media and there's not many happy people. So to get, I'm not saying we get loads, but we get plenty who are just happy that baseball and a baseball show or Italian football or whatever. And 
I think I've got to be in the minority in that I don't go looking for, for issues. I don't try and put controversial things on because who, who cares what I have to say? I'm here to promote. I'm here to plug. Uh, I'm here to have an opinion from time to time. But I'll leave that for others that, that do that. I'm quite happy with, I would say, 95% of the, the feedback that we get or I get on social media is, is positive from baseball and, and Italian football fans. And I'll take that. That's excellent, man. Now, let's talk about Italian football and baseball. They're two very different sports, two very <laughs> different cultures that you're, uh, you know, your audiences are very different. You've got the American audience for the football, the calcio, and you've got the UK audience for baseball. How do you juggle those two? Is it a challenge at all to switch from mode to mode? Or do you have just a general kind of, this is, my, this is Mark Donaldson, this is my personality, and I'm going to let that shine through? Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer in that the, the thing that people are tuning in for is the star, whether it's the, the baseball or whether it's the Italian football. Um, I'm, I'm not even the conductor of the orchestra. I, I'm the kind of captain of the ship. Now, the ship's entertainment is either the person I'm alongside or the actual thing itself, right? If no one talks about the commentator in baseball or in football after the event, that's a job done. For me, we're not here to be mentioned. We're not, I'm not saying we don't have an opinion. We have to have some sort of an opinion, but that's the analyst's role. To go from sport to sport, for me, is, is great because it's a switch-off mechanism. I can focus on my baseball during the week because we film caps off on a Tuesday, and then probably Thursday. So today's a kind of just chill day with, with my daughter or, or whatever, um, play with her and just forget about everything. Thursday kind of goes into to prep mode for, for the weekend, and I'm doing Spezia this weekend. Um, for the first time, because they're back in Serie A, and they've got Sassuolo. So I take a couple of days to, to prep for that. Um, and then after I've done that game, I'll watch Sunday Night Baseball or, or whatever. This weekend's going to be interesting, because we're actually doing a special caps-off show on Monday morning. Um, it's to do with the playoffs, because obviously everything is going to be decided by then. So there's no point in doing it beforehand. So we've got this caps-off show. So I kind of split my week. Um, and it, it kind of works um, for me. And it's, it's not a case of never the twain shall, shall meet, but I think they can, they can work hand in hand. And I, I think I get the best of both worlds. Excellent, man. Uh, we appear to have lost Jason just now. Hopefully he'll be back with us. Uh, his Wi-Fi has shit the bed again. Ah, this guy. <laughs> he is broadcasting from a 160-year-old toilet. Um, so you're in the States. You're, over, you're based over in Connecticut, right? Uh, well, it'll be Bristol, yeah. Connecticut, where the studios are. Um, so you've come from being a guy from Pennycook in Edinburgh <laughs> all the way to Connecticut all these years uh, later. Do you ever miss uh, being on the radio covering Hearts and Hibs, uh, or is that something that you just uh, don't mind uh, missing? I, I still and always will have a passion for Scottish football. Um, for, for the quality or whatever, no, it's not, it's not about that. It's, it's about how you grew up and the passion you had for that. I, I miss it. I've not been to Tynecastle to watch a game for nearly five years now, and, and that's hard. But I've seen the time where I'm doing Italian games and I'll have a Hearts game on in a monitor. I shouldn't have, but I somehow might do, allegedly, um, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's how we grew up. I mean, you're a Glasgow boy. It's difficult not to, to get taken in by that um so it's a, it's a weird career path but it's, it's something i've ended up doing i think i serve my time i mean i was at, i was at radio fourth um for 10 years i was 
I was five years doing freelance and, and talk 107. Um, and then I came over here in, in 2010. So I think, I think I've done that. Um, the, the one thing I would say, John, is, is that it's not until you're out of the country um, that you realize, I think, you've, you took the country for granted. And it's just like there's so many wonderful places. And the West Coast is somewhere I only went if I was going to Celtic Park, Ibrox, Maryhill. Um, so, guys, I've just uh, been talking to myself for the last few minutes, but uh, <laughs> let's get back to what we were saying. Uh, you were saying, uh, Mark, that uh, the last I heard was you mentioning that you've barely been out in the West Coast, really, other than to go to uh, Firhill, Parkhead, Ibrox. <laughs> uh, you know, all the, all the, all the, all the resident dumps. Um, well, <laughs> you, were, you were saying, sir? Yeah, I just bored everyone to tears. That That's why the, the internet kind of went off. No, it's, it, it's just a case of taking it for granted. Um, and it's not until you leave Scotland that you realise how good a country it is. And it's hard to, unless you can appreciate it while you're there, it's not until you leave it, you're like, I, I wish I was back there. Not to stay, not to stay. I have to say, I think I've, as I say, I've, I've done my time and uh, I, I love a new opportunity. I love a new challenge. And the, the challenges in Scotland, in my line of work, were, were harder and harder. They were getting more congested with more freelancers who were um, not being kept on and were looking for work. I was a freelancer before I kept, uh, came over. So I'm glad I did what I did. But I'm also glad that I learned not to take my country for granted. Hence the fact I've made sure I've seen a lot of this country since I, I came over here and I'll continue to, to do so. That's certainly one of the lessons I've, I've learned since coming over. I wasn't asking something about that before we jump in there. Uh, is there anything you're missing from back home? Iron Brew, deep fried Mars bars? <laughs> so, by the way, I've got a story about Iron Brew for you here. So I believe two or three years ago, there was a, a sugar tax which was implemented in Scotland. And, and Iron Brew had to change its recipe. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. Good, yes. Okay. So we have the original recipe over here. Because, oh, son of a bitch. Because... <laughs> We can still get it on Amazon and bars who make Iron Brew have a distributor over here and they can make it over here and sell it with full 51 grams or 52 grams of sugar content. So there are people now in Scotland that are asking me, can you get the original Iron Brew <laughs> and send it back to Scotland? I'm in America. How much is that going to cost to, to ship over? So yeah, I can get Iron Brew, the original one, um, over here that you guys can't get and you're just down the road from um, from bars distill not distillery but <laughs> I suppose people mix it with vodka and various other things other things I miss I miss a chippy I mean yeah. as you can tell I don't live my life eating salad um, so a chippy from time to time is and a good Chinese restaurant they don't have too many of them around here um, and I miss going into a supermarket and no, and I'm not going to spend more than 100 quid on a shop because I don't need to because I can get everything. It's so expensive for healthy stuff over here, whereas the cheap stuff is all the stuff that's bad for you because guess what? That makes you unhealthy. And guess what? If you're unhealthy, then the people who make all their money from the health insurance and everything, like that, I've got plenty to do. So it's, uh, it's not just a coincidence. Let's just say that. <laughs> you're not suggesting, Mark, that there might be a capitalist agenda to keep people sick in the United States. No, I'm just suggesting that we, we need to eat better. And we, <laughs> we, we need to stop eating rubbish. We've got a chocolate drawer in here, honestly. It's like there's a, there's the, the path to it is worn out between my couch and, and my fridge because it's so easy to get. I, it's, hey, 
I'm guilty. I, I get that. I need to. I need to eat better. I get that. But make the stuff that's bad for you more expensive, and make the stuff that's good for you cheaper. It's not difficult, but that's not the way it works over here. So I can leave the capitalist agenda and everything else to to other people. I'm I'm just saying I should eat better, and uh, and I don't. So it's my fault. I'm not blaming anybody else. <laughs> um, so Russell Russell McLaw or McLaw is uh, watching the stream and has asked if you've been to Camden Yards in Baltimore. No, I've not yet. Um, we had a lot of a lot of plans for Caps Off this year because after the first year where. I did, we did spring training, so I went to Arizona first year, Phil went to Florida, and we switched, switched around this year. Um, I did uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, I did San Diego last year, Phil did Arizona, and the uh, he did Anaheim as well. So this year, we were going to take it much further, and I wanted to... We did the Nationals, and obviously Houston Astros for the World Series, but I always wanted to do the Orioles, um, because... We had this story, which we interviewed the guy in spring training from the Cub Scouts in the UK. I'm sure you remember this from last year. Uh, Anthony Santander, I think his name was. So we interviewed him. And it was the, the kind of World Scout Jamboree. And there were loads of British fans over, uh, British Cub Scouts over, who went to the game at Camden Yards as, as fans. And they were all sitting um, at kind of left field in the bleachers out there. And Santander was, was right in front of them. So every time he caught the ball, everybody got a big cheer and, He's not a superstar. He's not even a star. Some would argue he's not even a household name in his own house. However, he's done all right this year. And this was a great story. So we sought him out. And I just love when you watch Camden Yards and you see the big brick buildings and everything like that. That was on the to-do list. We were going to go to the Field of Dreams in Iowa and cover it from there. That was on the to-do list. We were going to do the, I think the All-Star game this year was maybe Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were going to do that as well. So a lot of things have gone by the wayside and we've ended up, we call it home field now because we do it from, from right here where I'm sitting and Phil does it from his house. So I'd love to do Camden Yards. I'd love to do other stadia, but I can't get too far outside of these four walls when it comes to baseball right now because everything seems to be in some semblance of a bubble. Even when I was at the tennis at Flushing Meadow, you can get off the seven train when you get it from Grand Central. You turn left, you go to City Field. You turn right, and you go to the tennis. We always, every, this is my 10th year of doing the tennis, always had a game at City Field. Uh, we'd always make sure we went to one game. And it was weird commentating this year on the tennis, seeing the lights on at City Field, knowing we couldn't get there. It's hard. It's just different. And I don't like it. Yeah, I was about to ask, um, is, it, is it different? Is it, is it harder to be passionate? Particularly, I guess, with the commentary side of things rather than the presenting side. Is it harder to get into the game from the comfort of your house? I think with the football, um, John, it's, it's, it is different because Serie A doesn't have and didn't have the, the atmosphere in the background that was piped in like, like uh, England and Germany has. But this season they have allowed, um, the season only began at the weekend and they've allowed a thousand um, fans in each game. Um, they're going to re review it on October the 7th. So at least there was some semblance of noise that, that wasn't fake. It's different. It's weird because it's just in life. When there's silence, there's a, there's a temptation to talk. So there's not silence. It's easy when there's a full house and you're doing Juventus or you're doing Roma, Roma Lazio, Derby della Capitale or whatever. I'm, I personally like to let the, the game breathe. It's easier to let a game breathe when you've got atmosphere in the background. When you don't have that, it's difficult. 
And with the baseball, I mean, we all want the atmosphere of Fenway or Yankee Stadium or Dodger Stadium or, or whatever, but we don't have that right now. And all I hope for is that this is, is something we look back on and go, remember 2020? That was the year when, but that was the only year that we weren't allowed to have fans in. Hopefully, but just with this country, so many different parts have so many different issues and it's very difficult to, to, to see fans back in, a, in attendance as far as full houses are concerned anytime soon, sadly. Yeah, I think we've discussed that uh, before, haven't we, Jason? And I've, felt, I've kind of posed that it might be mid next year before we start to see full crowds. Yeah, uh, who knows? I mean, they said like uh, we all have our virtual crowds now and the cardboard cutouts. Anyone who's guessed has been wrong with regards to COVID and when things are going to restart. So if it is cardboard cutouts that we have to, we have to deal with um, from time to time, um, it's just the abuse factor because we're sports fans. We have to, we have to get our, our fix of not being happy at someone. So when you shout at a TV, they're not going to hear you. It's true. This is true. This is true. That's one of the things that's magical about Tyne Castle. You see plenty of, uh, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, self, self-loathing uh, <laughs> fans who just uh, can't help it. They boo our players more than they do anyone else at some of the time. Yeah, yeah we, have, we have a fetish for misery. Yeah. It's funny you guys mentioned that. I was listening to an interview with Daryl Strawberry, and uh, he was saying how he does, he dislikes the modern game right now. And he said he misses the days of, like, uh, Lou Pinella and Tommy Lasorda going out arguing balls and strikes because everything's reviewable now. He said it's just not the same for him. He said he, like, he misses that passion of an umpire going and covering home plate and yelling at the umpire. That's the thing. It's now you, you can yell from six feet. It's not the same. It's not the nose to nose. It's not getting covered in spit and everything like that. And then the umpire is just going and then goes, yeah. see you, just yeah. wait. But I think with baseball as well, when, when we're broadcasting to an audience, most of whom are really passionate, but we also know that we have an audience of, that, we're, that Major League Baseball is doing this show to try and build the audience of fans in the US. So I think it's important for us to be storytellers as well. So when we were at spring training, we went to the wonderful Steinbrenner Field down in Tampa, which is literally opposite. I mean, I spoke about New York on the seven train with the tennis to one side and the baseball to the other. Tampa's, it's just down this little street and suddenly you've got Raymond James Stadium on one side and Steinbrenner Field on the other side. Um, but to, to get, to put it into kind of context, some of the stories that we were able to get, Bernie Williams played the national anthem for us um, prior, to, prior to an interview uh, with him and one of the interviews I loved doing so much was was with Reggie Jackson and when you when you interview someone I think it's important two things again to to speak to someone who wants to make it in the in the business one listen to what the person is saying so whoever you're going to interview you've got your list of questions if you're a rookie reporter or whatever and you've got question two coming up and you're not really paying attention to question one's answer and then suddenly question one's answer is just brilliant and your question, too, is nothing to do with it. You've missed a, a chance to follow up. And the second thing is do your research. So you put his name into Google, not for a baseball perspective, but for, for other things, a, a kind of miscellaneous um, thing. Is there anything I can get from him that would be pertinent to the audience that I'm going to broadcast to, that we're going to show? Now, Naked Gun, 1988. <laughs> so, Jackson kills the queen, <laughs> attempts to kill the queen. I said to him, so my, my interview, and I think when I spoke to Mike Trout and all these guys at, at spring training last year, 
basically you speak to them, you do the little small talk beforehand and you kind of tell them, look, this is for the UK. It's not going to be a baseball interview. It's going to be a fun interview for you. So Mike Trout and I spoke about the weather, right? Because he's a weather geek. Mm-hmm. And there was, of course, there was it's spring training, right? So you, you're going to get the same answers from, from every player. Oh, yeah, we hope it's a good season. Boring, right? We've, we've seen that. Let, let them just leave it to that. Find out what they like. Find out how they're going to open up. The guys at the Cardinals this year were, were brilliant. Um, the guy who had the beard and kept it going, loved British tea. Boom. So Reggie Jackson did the interview with him. And I said, I remember seeing you last year, Reggie, in London when we covered the Yankees and the Red Sox. He goes, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in London. I said, did you have any issues, Reggie, when you got to the airport upon arrival? No, I don't think I did. My passport was... I said, he said, why? I said, well, uh, the last time you kind of threatened to kill the Queen. I said, oh! <laughs> and then he went, he, he went off on it. And this was him in his kind of comfort zone. We're not talking about baseball. We're talking about him being a, a film star, how he filmed it at the ballpark in, in Anaheim. And he said, he says, you know what? Um, I don't know why I'm putting on a posh English accent for, for Reggie Jackson, but I refuse to put on an American accent, A, because I can't do it, and B, I look enough of a fool. Um, but he said, I remember I met her once and she remarked I was the only person who would doff my cap and bow to her. Everyone else kept their caps on. And that was his little story. But it was to do with the Queen, so it was for our audience, for the UK. And he was just in his element because he was talking about something he enjoyed doing. And it just, it really opened them up. So you've got to try and find something that's going to get them, not outside their comfort zone, but get them into a comfort zone that's not what they actually do. You can get some really good stuff by doing that. Nice, yeah. Brilliant. That's tremendous advice, man. Um, we're going to let you go, uh, Mark. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure uh, to speak with you tonight. Um, guys, uh, you can find Mark on Twitter. It's at Donaldson ESPN, right? Yep. Cool. And also you have your own podcast, uh, Scarves Around the Funnel, that you co-host with the, inim- the inim- inimitable Laurie Dunsire. Yeah, we have our 100th episode this week, so we're uh, the secret wait, as to who our special guest is, but Thank you I'm really looking forward to that one. I listened to that all the time. I, I kind of discovered it late, and then I had like a massive binge when I listened to the first like 93 episodes in the space of about three weeks or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was, you know what? It's been a lot of fun because it, it was um, a dark time for the club uh, over the last couple of years, and I think that you guys uh, kind of doing your thing every week, keeping it fun, was uh, was great. I just wish I had had you guys uh, at the time, but I didn't discover it until a bit later. Um, I think it was, I think it, was our, it was our fault, John, because when we started, we were top of the big division. Yeah. The, yeah. the one that people like enjoy playing in. Now, <laughs> wow. I got yeah, one question guys. Before, before we go. Right, so growing up in the States, I watched a lot of ESPN, and obviously it's all about the sports, but Everyone has the commercial. Have you been on an ESPN commercial? We won't get them over here, but I know, know how you guys are famous for them. I've voiced a couple. Okay. Um, the guy who I do caps off with, Phil Murphy, has been in one. He did his with Giannis Antetokounmpo of right. the Bucks. Yeah. Um, so he did it for um, Australia and for, for the rest. So if you go to, I think it's Phil Sports, I think is his Twitter handle, and it's his pinned tweet. Um, he did the one with, with Giannis where... Yanis is getting really pissed off because they keep going whippa and smashing yep. plates. Like he's just uh, see. so he did that version with with Yanis. I I just do the voiceovers for uh, for various things, and I'm more than happy to be uh, to be out of that. I was ho- I was hoping this was an audio call, not a video call as well. But <laughs> you can you can have the you can have the same backdrop as all the caps off viewers get. 
um, as well. So thank you for your time, boys, and thank you for asking me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks thank you for so very on. much for coming on, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, catch up with you again soon. Thanks, guys. All the best. Take care. So we're back, and that was, once again, our interview with Mark Donaldson. Thank you again to Mark for joining us uh, this past Wednesday. We really appreciate it. Um, absolute pleasure to speak with Mark. He's uh, the co-host of one of my very favourite podcasts, uh, Scarves Around the Funnel, which he co-hosts with Laurie Dunsire. It's a Heart of Midlothian FC podcast, uh, so not something that all of our listeners would be with, <laughs> at all interested in, but... Uh, you know, he's a, he's a great laugh and he's uh, very knowledgeable about just a plethora of different sports. As we covered in the interview, you know, he's he commentates Serie A, he covers tennis, he's also, you know, co-presents Caps Off in the baseball world. So, just a multi-talented guy and uh, a guy who's just had a great journey in his career. Um, and once again, like we said, the Open just offered us some brilliant advice, uh, which we... You know we're, we're going to be eternally grateful for, and we have, as you said earlier, um, already started to apply that to the project that we're working on now. Um, the project we're working on now is the reason that there's no bubble in baseball history, fact, because uh, we've been, you know, you've certainly been far too busy for bubble in baseball the last week. Yeah, I think I'm getting about four or five hours of sleep a night at the moment, and uh, yeah, so we are involved in the Negro League Baseball Museum fundraiser. And it's, it's, it's massive. So right now we're almost at 100. We're just short a couple people, short of 100 artists, baseball makers, and small business owners. And uh, we're raising funds. And it will start the 4th of October. And we'll go to the 10th of October. Um, all these artists are usually offering something for sale uh, that they've made themselves. Um, and we have um, cards. We have people that do card art and, and stuff like that. There is baseballs there there's all sorts of things um but from our side of things being the european side and and basically because we're the only person they know out in europe um yeah we're doing a raffle so i posted a few things right now i'm just trying to see what i have up there um and we've got some big name stuff already so uh one of the artists in the project 2020 is f dot and he's gonna donate a jackie robinson card sign card I actually, I don't know that, so don't quote me on that. But he's gonna donate a card. Um, Andy Brown, who do, obviously does the, all the paintings over here in the UK, he's gonna donate a print. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, MLB Europe has donated a Red Sox jersey, and um, Shut Out Sports Cards has donated uh, a Max Scherzer Funko Pop thing. So, are you a big fan of these Funko Pop things, John? Um, I, I don't own any, but I think they're pretty cool. You know, I, I've I haven't ever bought one, but um, I think my sister has quite a few of them. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, they're they're, they're kind of cool. Uh, they're like a cool kind of collector's item. Uh, and then uh, let me see. Uh, Tim Gunn, another UK artist, has donated a print as well. And uh, um, there's a few other things coming in as we speak now. I imagine during the next week we're going to get hopefully quite a bit of stuff in. I know I've I've got at least five things i can't confirm yet but i want to make sure we're getting it and uh yeah it's pretty awesome and we've got interviews every night we're interviewing two to three people yeah everyone's awesome uh, it's so much fun so if you uh, have a chance if i'm we're on at 9 30 10 30 11 30 british standard time and we will have uh everybody involved with the project uh, interviewing us 
Yeah, uh, and you can join us live every night, uh, with the exception of tonight, Monday, uh, which is our one night off for the next two and a half weeks. <laughs> uh, you can join us live every night from uh, 9.30pm at facebook.com slash capsandpipes. Um, you can also watch the you know, the archived live streams of all the interviews we've done uh, so far in this first week. That includes, uh, you know, Robbie Aronson, he was great, Jeff Stone, Maz Adams, Third Dan... Chris, Chris Brown. Br- Chris Brown was a great interview. Um, last night we had uh, Sergio Santos. Uh, we spoke to he was awesome. John Schieser. Um, you know, there's yeah. so many guys, yeah. and Jason Schwartz as well, like and others. Uh, Jose Seha. Um, please uh, do check out the archived live streams of the interviews we've done so far. It's been so much fun, and like I've said a couple of times on those interviews, um, it's just been great for me to. As someone from Scotland who grew up not really ever having a chance to talk about baseball every day uh, with anyone, it was nice to sort of become part of this project because it allows me almost to kind of vicariously go back in time and live through that kind of magical experience of following baseball every day uh, through the stories of the artists that we're speaking to. Uh, it's just been amazing so far and, you know, we still have two and a half weeks to go and I can't wait to continue with the interviews. It's yeah, it's been a fun. I'm I'm looking forward to one, and we'll we've got a big one on Friday. I, I haven't announced it yet, but just say uh, nine thirty Friday. I would tune in. It's it's gonna be our <laughs> by far the biggest person we've ever interviewed. <laughs> yeah, I think for sure. Um, uh, other social media platforms you can find ball caps and bike pipes on our Twitter, which you can find is at caps and pipes. And Instagram, we're at ball caps and bagpipes on Instagram. I now have access to the Instagram, so it might be more active moving forward, um, but not until after this project finishes, uh, because um, it's just a lot of. I have a lot of like backlog of interviews to fire up on the YouTube, which, by the way, uh, is just ball caps and bagpipes on YouTube. Uh, that's where you'll find any archived video. Um, you can also find, or you will be able to find the unedited version of the video stream uh, with Mark, which includes uh, several minutes of me talking to myself at one point because of technical difficulties. <laughs> um, so I would definitely encourage you to check that out. Um, what else? Do we have any other social media that I'm missing? Uh, there's Dugout Classics, obviously, at dugoutclassics.com yeah, yeah. is the website. Uh What's the one that I'm forgetting? I'm I'm forgetting one here. Oh no, no, we're you good. You can find more info on the fundraiser itself at nlbmart.com. That's the yeah, one I was yes, searching but, for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I was trying to drive everyone to our website. So you want to go to Dumbout Classics and and on there, at least in the top bar, I haven't added the the picture yet. But yes, that will send you to uh, the fundraiser page, and it will give you more information on um, what's involved and, of course, what we're offering up as a raffle. Yeah. Uh, let's close it out there, Jason. Um, we, as we've said earlier on, this is probably going to be the last one for 2020. Uh, as we've already covered, we have like two and a half weeks more of these uh, live interviews, two, sometimes three a night. Um, and then after that, I think we're going to take a well-deserved break until spring training. Yeah, it'll be closer than we think, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, let's hope that we do have spring training to come in 2021. Uh, I'm going to let you go because you have a pretty important meeting in five, ten minutes. Uh, let's uh, end it there.
Bye, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Bye, guys.